Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey, everybody, Mary Fran Bontempo here. And before we get started with this week's episode, did you know that Brilliantly Resilient can come directly to you? That's right. We have keynotes, programs, presentations, workshops, all available to companies, associations, conferences, and organizations, either virtually or live in person. So head on over to brilliantlyresilient.net at the speaking tab to find out more. And while you're there, You can also sign up for our weekly brilliance bit, which comes to you once a week directly to your inbox and has a bit of brilliance from this week's show and will keep you living in a brilliantly resilient mindset. Okay, let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, Mary Fran Bontempo here. I am one half of the Brilliantly Resilient Duo, along with my partner, Kristen Smedley. And on this week's show, I'm going to give you a little bit more of just me. I don't know if that scares you. It probably would scare a lot of you, especially those who know me. But Kristen and I have decided that one of the things we wanted to do this season on the Brilliantly Resilient podcast was kind of go back to our origin stories a little bit, give you a little bit of information again about who we are and reintroduce ourselves, and then also give our perspectives on certain parts of the brilliantly resilient process that are really important to us. So for those of you who don't know, uh, and I'm dating myself here, but I kind of grew up like Marsha Brady. I always tried to do the right thing. Um, I was a rule follower. I did what I was supposed to do. I I never did anything so crude as swear, and those people who know me now know that that's a totally different story, but I grew up as Marsha Brady really believing that if I did the right things, then everything would be fine, and as we all know, that's a fairy tale. No matter how much you do the right things... Life comes along with what Kristen terms sucker punches and I call train wrecks. And we don't always get to live the lives that we not only want, but the lives that we've worked for, the lives that we think we deserve, the lives that we think we should have because of all of our efforts. And when Kristen and I first met up, we realized that we kind of shared that philosophy going into life. And then when we got hit with our train wrecks and sucker punches, we were kind of like, okay, now what? All this stuff that should have happened because I followed the rules, I did the right things, that stuff didn't happen for me. And what do I do now? So my huge train wreck, again, for those who don't know, um, culminated on um, Mother's Day of 2010. And, And I say culminated because there were a lot of things that showed me that the train was coming at me and I chose denial and distraction as my best friends, which that's going to be a talk for another day, but I didn't see what was coming at me. I refused to see it. Let's put it that way. And then on Mother's Day of 2010, I found out that I was the mother of a heroin addict. Now, again, 
This didn't come out of the blue, um, but this was the culmination of what happened because my son David overdosed that day, not on heroin because he couldn't get it at the time, but on a painkiller that he took because he couldn't get heroin. So we called the paramedics. He was shaking uncontrollably on the couch. We were at my mother's home for Mother's Day. I had stepped out of the room and came running back in because there was a lot of yelling and commotion. David was shaking uncontrollably. And when the paramedics got there, they kept asking him, what did you take? And I, you know, the protective mama bear, I'm going, you know, he's having a seizure. You got to get him to the hospital. But they knew what they were talking about, because when David finally got into the ambulance with them, he did admit that he had taken a painkiller that he had stolen from his grandmother because he couldn't get heroin that day. The painkiller happened to be very high in acetaminophen. And when my husband and I got to the hospital, the doctor told us that that he would need a liver transplant if they couldn't get this under control, if he lived. So. That was my Mother's Day gift, air quotes, for those who can't see me, for the uh, the year of 2010. Fortunately, um, when the doctors treated him by the next morning, they were able to get this under control. And thank God, not only did he live, he did not need a liver transplant. But that was the day that the world came crashing down around me and all of my hopes and dreams and thoughts about what was supposed to be what should be in my life just kind of like poof evaporated into you know the 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 tornado in the wizard of oz disappeared never to be seen again or so i thought so what I learned from that time was, was a very powerful lesson. And that's really the one that I want to share with you today. What I realized, and this has, this is a two-sided lesson. What I realized was that I had to let go of what should be in my life in order to allow room for what could be. Now, when I say it's a two-sided lesson, it's because in the early stages of this, I had to let go what I thought my life should be and what I thought my son should be because of the way we raised him, because I was a rule follower, because I did everything that I was supposed to do, that life should have turned out a certain way. By making best friends with denial and distraction, I was refusing to see what could be going on in my life. The truth of which was my son had been struggling for a very, very long time with some substance abuse issues. And I put the blinders on because it was too hard to see. So I kept looking at what I thought my life should be instead of looking what could be and what could be happening, which was a huge problem that, thank God, when it came to a head, I didn't lose my son in the midst of all that. The other side of the coin can be that when you let go of what you think should be, you make room for what could be. And those can sometimes be 
really, really wonderful opportunities. So anyway, what I want to do now is delve into a, a piece that I wrote um, about um, the options of what should be and letting go of what should be to make room for what could be. So, you know, we hear all the time, be flexible, don't be married to outcomes, go with the flow, evolve with the problem. But, you know, it's sound advice. And I've given that to people many times. But the question becomes, when you're hit with a sucker punch, how exactly do you do that? I mean, sure, you know, be flexible and 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 adapt with the situation. You know, there's a, a very simple reason for our aversion to letting go. When we plan, we work the plan, we follow the rules, we do our best to reach a goal or live our lives a certain way. Our success at that event and endeavor is what should happen. It should happen. When you follow the rules, things should work out. But, you know, how often does that actually happen? The attachment to the idea of what should be can keep us stuck, frustrated, angry. When things don't work out, we do everything that we were supposed to do. You know, other stuff still happens. And that other stuff can be anything from circumstances, timing, money, a, a pandemic. I mean, anything that we that we can kind of put ourselves in the middle of. So... The biggest variable of all, which was what I found out to my should be not working out, is other people. You know, unless we live in isolation, we live on some kind of an island or whatever, other people will enter into it and they can kind of goo up our our dreams, our hopes, our plans. You know, the other stuff always reaches out its little sticky fingers and either pulls you along in the direction that they should be, or it could gunk up the entire thing. And, and that's not what should happen, at least according to us. But there's a solution. We can't control all the other stuff, but we can set our minds free to, first of all, see, really see what the challenge and the problem is. And that involves telling ourselves the truth, which is something that I really wasn't able to do. I, I refused to see this truth staring me in the face because it was just too hard. But unless you are willing to look at the truth, you're never going to be able to get your hands around the problem. You're never going to be able to see what could be really happening and then what could be the way out unless you let go of that idea of what should be all the time. So on the upside of this, we can't control all the other stuff all the time, but when we let go of what should be, we can set our minds free to, first of all, see the reality, and then second, to explore what could be. By recognizing that other possibilities exist within any situation, we give our minds permission to wander and they can then come up with different ideas and different solutions. And yeah, maybe different problems, as in my case. But then we look with clarity at what we're facing. We'll often find out that the problem we thought we were facing really isn't the root problem at all. And by allowing our minds to consider that possibility, then we allow ourselves to change course and move, maybe not always forward, sometimes sideways, maybe even backwards, but it brings us new perspectives and ideas. 
So what I want to do right now is give you three ways that you can practically let go of what should be and make room for what could be. And this isn't always easy to hear, but I want you to listen up for these things. The first one is challenge your beliefs. Challenge what you think should be. Our shoulds are grounded in numerous things, many of which we are unaware. It could be a sense of right and wrong. It could be rules. It could be our childhood beliefs, our personal experience. All of those things contribute to our big view of the world and what we consequently believe should happen. Take some time to reflect on your beliefs, those things that you think are the reality and what should happen in your life. Dig into the source of them. Few of our beliefs are universal and we need to challenge them. We need to challenge our perspectives because they're not always going to apply to us in our current situation. And maybe it's time to let go of what those beliefs tell us should be, change them up a little bit and see what could be in our lives. The second way that you can challenge what should be and make room for what could be is be curious. You know, we're all so intent on hanging on to what we want and what we think is the right thing. But when we let go of that idea and be curious when what should happen doesn't, put on your explorer's hat, do a little door exploring here and try and uncover what went wrong But don't stop there when things don't work out. Look at what happened and see if there's another path within the so-called mistake or problem. You know, many of the world's greatest discoveries came through failures or accidents. You think about x-rays, penicillin, something as simple as tea bags, microwaves. Being curious about your plan and your circumstances can open new doors or crack a window or two leading to something even better and more unexpected than an original hoped-for result. Now, here's the third one, and this is a little bit hard. Be your own devil's advocate. Dictionary.com defines a devil's advocate as a person who advocates an opposing or unpopular cause for the sake of argument, or, here's the key, to expose it to a thorough examination. So instead of fighting the possibility of a loss, make it a point to try and poke holes in your own plans and your own actions and your own beliefs. Now, let's just recognize that this is not free, giving free reign to that voice inside your head who says you can't do things and that you're going to fail. That's not what this is. This is an opportunity to, as the definition says, thoroughly examine your plans and actions to explore, first of all, the viability of those paths and those actions, or to maybe explore other paths or other options that could be possibilities should things go astray. So here we go. When we let go of what should be and we make room for what could be, we can, first of all, find ourselves dealing with a situation that we were denying, a problem that we were refusing to look at, allowing us to then take action for what could become a good result. 
but we tap into resilience by allowing for other possibilities when we let go of what should be and look for what could be. Other possibilities to either correct mistakes, continue towards a goal, or to reevaluate and possibly change direction completely. We have to let our minds wander. We have to let our minds accept difficult truths. And we have to let our minds play a little bit to be open to other possibilities so we can imagine what could be and build both our resilience and our personal brilliance. So that's me. That's my story, my origin story. And that's how I came up with this idea of letting go of what should be so that we could explore what could be. And for me, that happened when my back was against a wall. But what I'm here to say is when you ingratiate that and incorporate that into your mindset, that idea of letting go of what should be and exploring what could be, it can lead you down a path to explore all sorts of possibilities, help you face a truth, and help you to really and truly become the person that you really want to be. Let's all be brilliantly resilient together. Be sure after you listen to this, if you want more of our brilliance tips that you can get them by going to brilliantlyresilient.net, signing up for our one minute read, which comes to your inbox weekly called our brilliance bit. And don't forget that we can bring brilliantly resilient to you. We are a program. We are speakers. We do conferences. We do workshops. We do all sorts of things that we can bring directly to you and your organization. So check us out and join us next time for another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.